The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples' continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. M. Rossiano. Hold on to your ankles, Australia. I'm coming in dry. And Michael Lucas. All dark space (laughs) when nude. Sign me up. Go directly there. This is emsolation. I'm not getting strong unicorn of death, psychiatric, psychic vibes. The psychic and the psychiatric can be very closely aligned when it comes to the unicorn of death. You're in emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend, Logie Award winner, actor award winner and screenwriter and podcaster, Mr. Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast each week. How are you? I am going to be brief because we've just finished the pod. It's taken (laughs) energy from reserves I do not have. So... I'm, you know, you're going to love it. There's a lot on Gaga. There's a lot on Miley. Barbara Streisand's in there. Lindsay Lohan's in there. Oh, God. There's so Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett did the thing. Angela Bassett did the thing. It's all the things you wanted from us. It's our lukewarm take on the Oscars. You know, we're having our reactions to the reactions of the reactions. I kind of like that the news cycle spun a couple of times over. It's good. I went to see, obviously, and Juliet again. I can't tell you. And this is non-sponcond. I've done my work with them, all done and dusted. But I cannot recommend it enough. It is so joy-filled. If you just want something to fill your cup, because my cup was empty and rusty. And I left that musical for the second time. Scott loved it. My most heterosexual human on the face of the planet, other half, loved it. And he's, I have to tell you the story. And I wasn't going to tell it, but I'm going to tell it to you because Scott and Ben have both said I have to tell it. I was sitting in the seat behind Max Martin, as in the man who wrote every single song in that musical, as in the pop producer genius, Britney Spears, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, Kelly Clarkson, the Backstreet Boys, right? He knows everything about everything. And I was singing along, you know, it was quite loud and joyous within the audience. And then I was singing quite loud and I went to a harmony in a kind of quiet bit in a song and all the audience stopped singing, but my harmony rung out. And at first I was horrified, but then Max turned around and looked at me and clapped and blew a kiss. And he said, that was amazing. Keep singing. And I was like, just sitting still. And Scott, my husband was like, just like, he's like, come on, keep singing like a stage mum. And I, I did it. Like I felt weird. And then I felt oddly self-conscious that I was making sure I was in pitch when I sung. And I was picking the bits I sung along to moving forward because I just didn't even think about it. But he has very luxurious hair, P.S. side note. So, yes, my singing and harmonising abilities were complemented by arguably one of the greatest pop music producers of all time. And when we went to the after party, Scott told every single person he saw. My husband, I've never seen him take to an accomplishment more. Press club, didn't come. You know, live shows, doesn't care. 
But <laughs> it's so weirdly camp that Max Martin turned around during a live show, heard me sing one line of a harmony, told me he thought I was magnificent, and then my husband's just, oh, my God. Every person we went up to, Michael Castle, who's the producer of the whole thing, told him. Ben Crow was there, told him. Rob Mills, Casey Donovan, no one was safe. Oh, Max Martin told him she's a good singer. <laughs> I was hoping it would evolve to, yeah, Max has offered him a deal. Yeah, they're going to release an album. Anyway, that's my Max Martin story from Anne Juliet. I hope you enjoy the episode. I apologise for my voice. I've had this plague, not COVID. God, I've done so many tests. I can now touch my brain. I've tunnelled a hole. Not COVID, just some awful flu. Um, I just remember being sat down when I sounded sick on breakfast radio once and my boss was like, you need to try and fix your voice. People don't want to hear sick people. I was like, oh, God, sorry, I'm so sorry. So I'm super conscious of my voice. Enjoy. And as I say each week, (laughs) what the hell was that? Play the music. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is Emsolation. Michael Lucas. Hold my head, hold my head, hold my head. That is the most I've ever remembered that song. Yeah. We speak of Gaga. But it did it. It's, you sounded like Cher. Snap out of it. Or, oh or Eddie Vetta from Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me. You could be their love child. 100%. Mm. I love that idea. Straight into it. Oscars. Welcome, Michael Lucas. Thank you. Look, it's no secret if you follow me on social media, my highlight of the ceremony, but we will crescendo to that. Let's discuss Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. I feel like he hosted it with so much disdain, like the angry dad was forced to go into the teenager's birthday party and take control of it. I felt like he (laughs) was behaving like he was above it. And I want my Oscars hosts to be fangirling over the fact they're hosting. I want them to treat it like the Tonys. I want them to be in awe of the institution and the movies and the creative process. But to me, it felt like he was kind of, you know, smelling shit the entire time. He did take a sort of relaxed to the point of arrogant uh, position with it all. But I I guess I would say I am unabashedly a fan of hosts that do do a special musical number. Billy Crystal used to. And then, of course, at the BAFTAs with... Yeah. (laughs) But even when Hugh Jackman... Thank you for not speaking his name who shall not be spoken on this podcast. Yes. James Corden. Oh, oh, Corden. Yeah, he he does it a lot. But um, yeah, Hugh Jackman Jackman did a good one. Remember that? He did a big song and dance opening number and he pulled up Anne Hathaway and it turned out she pretended as though it was all impromptu and then she started singing and dancing. Whereas Jimmy Kimmel is very, I don't think he put in that much time. Having said that, I see, I thought his gags landed. I thought the gags about the slap were good. Mm. I didn't like what he said to Malala. I thought that was disrespectful. Did you see the Malala yeah, idea? Yeah, but he went up to her and he sort of said, what is your opinion? And she goes, I'm, I am I only talk about peace. But we've got the literal Nobel Peace Prize winning Malala who made a stand against education for women, mm. who was shot in the face by mm. the Taliban, mm. who's made a new life for herself, who is an advocate. 
And that's, we're asking her about Harry Styles' spitting. Yeah, but wasn't that the gag? That- yeah, I, I mean, thank you for explaining the mechanics <laughs> of the gag to me. It just, well, I mean, uh, you know. It just feels like some things are sacred. And if you've got Malala sitting there in a fucking kick-ass, silver, hooded, incredible, oh, my God, I love She was. With her handsome hus- husband. Yes. Mm. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. I think there are better gags, smarter gags. I don't know. Or just don't. Just go up and say thank you. <laughs> I feel like if Malala's there, I if it were me, I would have been like, I'm supposed to make a joke with you now, but I just want to say you look amazing, not that it matters, and thank you for being here amongst us. We we are not worthy. There have been times when Oprah has been in the Oscars audience where the hosts have done things <laughs> as though she is some sort of empress or deity. Yeah. And it feels like he could have gone down that Agreed. path. For me, for me it was just more I loved her response. I only talk about peace. Brilliant. Yeah, and I feel like, do you think that was – Preordained. Yeah, I do. Because that, that, oh, well, I want to believe no, but I think it was. Well, I feel like that was the only one because the other celebrities he were approaching looked genuinely afraid. Oh, by the way, Colin Farrell's son. Mm. My goodness, what a handsome young boy. And you know who else is? You know, I'm obsessed with celebrity offspring. You know who else's son has been making the rounds on like all the newspapers? Matthew McConaughey's son. Oh, really? Did you see the photo? Chip off the old block? Oh, no. my God. But also a, a mix of his beautiful wife. Okay. But perfect mix. Uh, but I knew it was McConaughey's son. I saw it. It's like when you see Reese Witherspoon's kid, you're like, oh, that's right. That's oh, a yeah, Witherspoon. Yeah, I saw it. I'm like, that's, a, that's a McConaughey. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I could hear the, oh, rah, 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 coming out of his, like, jeans. <laughs> it just seeps out of him. Um, why are we talking about that? We're talking about oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, and then the son. Roaming son-ing, the yeah, crowd. Yeah. So, you- like, he was okay. I just feel like let's get some women in there. We are overdue mm. for for a female. Chelsea host. Handler would. Oh heaven! Kill she it. did the Critics' Choice Awards yep. and it was great. It was really really funny. I defend Ellen's hosting of the Oscars. I thought she was really funny. Yeah. But also, I mean, can't we just get ten? Maya Rudolph. They I don't want to do it. Yeah. Why? They literally do not want to do it, and I don't blame them. Uh, Michelle. Oh, mm. she's been quiet. Tiffany Haddish. I think she's acting away. Good. Michelle Yeoh, obviously the highlight of the evening awards-wise. Closely, Kei Hoi Kwan, amazing. Kai I Hoi feel Kwan. like all, all four acting winners, mm. I felt like, were pretty uplifting because all four of them legitimately have gone through troughs in their career where they were basically declared over, counted out. Yeah. And so... You know, regardless of whether you thought that they were deserving winners, more on that later. <laughs> but it was hard not to be really happy for them. True. No, it, it was. Let's put in Michelle Yeoh's bit of her speech because everybody, I felt it. Like, I just, I, I kind of clutched my chest when she said a certain line, you know, and I was like, oh, 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 oh. have a listen. For all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight, <laughs> this is the beacon of hope and possibilities. This is proof that dreams dream big and dreams do come true. And ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. Yeah, I mean, there's a, quite a bit of controversy surrounding Jamie Lee Curtis picking up the Best Supporting Actress gong. And on two fronts, one, Angela Bassett was visibly disappointed that she didn't win the Oscar. And people have taken issue with that. 
And also other people have just taken issue with the fact that Jamie Lee won at all. And also the fact that she was nominated, of course, for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And some would say her co-star, Stephanie, that was also nominated, more obviously gave mm. the impressive performances. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that Jamie Lee was a legacy win. I mean, as she jokes that she is a Nepo baby, but she absolutely <laughs> is. Her parents were Hollywood royalty. Mm. Um yeah, I, and and you know, I mean, she's she's a good energy. She's a brilliant trans ally. Yeah. She's she's awesome in so many ways. But I I think I think you, and I'm happy for her. But at the same time, do I think that she gave the best supporting performance? No, that year? no. If we're going on acting merit, it should mm. have been Stephanie who played the daughter in um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm. If we're going on legacy performances, as you and I have discussed, Angela Bassett, mm. hands down. Mm. And can I just categorically state Angela Bassett does not owe anyone a performed happy face that she didn't win an award that she probably, I mean, I'd say she deserved. Mm. Uh, I think it's okay for her to look disappointed and not clap. Uh, yeah, I just felt she just didn't react. She just absorbed it when it happened. And, and yeah, it is amazing how much people have latched onto that as though it was ungracious as that, you know. It's bizarre. Mm. It's like she doesn't owe you that. And it's also a weird, I think it's, I think there's race at play here too. Mm. I think a white woman was up on stage and won. We've then observed Angela Bassett not reacting how we think she should react to the white woman winning. And straight away it's like, well, are we racist for reacting this way? Like it's made everyone question themselves so then they've thrown it back on Angela. And like, I think she reacted perfectly. I remember back in the day uh, when Lauren Bacall got a legacy nomination for the movie The Mirror Has Two Faces, directed by Barbara Streisand, also Best Supporting Actress. She looked visibly disappointed, much more so than Angela, and no one put this kind of loading on it. Oh, Everyone, this is a race thing. Yeah, totally. and I And I ask all of you, if you saw Angela's re- reaction to Jamie and you felt angry, that is a you thing and you need to tunnel in a bit and figure out why. Because I saw it and I was like, yeah, fair enough. Mm. And I feel like Jamie wouldn't have an issue with it either, not to put words into Jamie's mouth. No. I feel like the queen of keeping it real this red carpet season. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'll be okay. Jamie did. you? I mean, look, uh, the other way that this is all measured is, of course, how well you campaign for it. There's no doubt it's a campaign. She Jamie did deliver a masterclass. She ramped it up just at the right time in the final run, and then she was delivering soundbite after soundbite after soundbite. She was—I felt like every second day there was a new viral moment of Jamie Lee Curtis. Whether she's talking about how she wants Bruce Springsteen to do matinee shows because she wants to be in bed at seven p.m. Like literally everything. She was been on stage with trans activists. She was inescapable and incredibly appealing the entire time. I mean, but should that be what it's judged on? Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Red carpet highlight, knickers. Oh. Oh. Good for her. (laughs) She was giving off, my ex-husband is coming tonight, so I need to look as hot as possible. Mm. I need to be pashing my husband on the red carpet. I need to be in a tight frock. I need to have had some kind of nerve-settling agent. Uh, what could it be? Who do we know? We can only speculate and desperately call every contact we have to see if we can get the intel and get a supply. And I just was here for it. Now, it's conspicuously, Tom Cruise a Did no not show. show. This is wild. I need to know more. This is his comeback Oscars, right? Mm. The film actually, against all odds, won an Oscar. 
Mm. And, I mean, sidebar, one of the worst sequels I've ever seen. Shocking film. I cannot think of it. I didn't even finish it. It was so bad. I cannot believe this thing was nominated for anything other than a Razzie, but sure. Oh, Oh, that was bad. I'm sorry, but the way that they force-fed the fact that Miles Teller was playing Goose's son in Goose's shirt with Goose's moustache and Goose's sunglasses and Goose's dog tag singing Goose's song at Goose's piano, I'm like... And they call him Rooster and they make his nemesis, not Iceman, no. What was his nemesis's name? Oh, God. I can't remember. No. I've, I've, to be no, honest, I did fall asleep. It was a nostalgia fest. I mean, but that's okay. That's what people want sometimes. Hey, what was it? Because Val Kilmer was his father's name. It was Iceman. It was something, but Hangman. It was uh... Hangman. Like, we get it! I just was so mad. Like, and then to sit nominated. Anyway. Apparently Tom didn't go because he found out Nicole was going to be there. Because Nicole, yeah. Well, Nicole didn't go to any of the other award ceremonies. She wasn't there. She's got nothing on. She's just. Surely they've been at the same award ceremonies before. Not. I thought that he didn't go because he thought that there was going to be jokes about Scientology, and there was, and it was a good one. There was a good one when that when Jimmy Kimmel was talking about him in the shirtless beach volleyball scene, and then he went L. Ron Hubba Hubba. And if you don't know, L. Ron Hubba was the creator of Scientology. But Nickers. Oh, I feel like I her red carpet mode that she was in mm. was mm. I'm feeling turned on by myself. Totally. And I just enjoyed it so much. And the biting of the lip. And oh. the pashing. The and pashing. The, the hair. Oh. I mean, uh, clearly they both used the GHD that night. They shared it. Oh, yeah, of course they do. I love that they do that. It looked stunning. Same kind of coloured hair. They're really kind of morphing into each other. Mm. Nicole was flawless, snatched, amazing, face, everything. Not that it matters. And I just feel like I have watched so many musical, like a lot of gays have made amazing montages of her with music to the oh. back like, and slow-mo the lip biting, Yeah, slow-mo the looking down. She's just living her fucking fantasy feeling herself and honestly like good for her gaga hadn't have been there that would have been the highlight ah. also it's great i mean can you imagine just if i try to imagine myself trying to put out that aura fuck it would be it would just be ridiculous yeah imagine. okay do it do it i can't even <laughs> do it, do it. she do was it. like okay but that's what it's like. Isn't that terrible? I look like, like I'm having a stroke. Yes, that's what it would look like. Okay, okay. Oh, I can't. Go, I can't, go, I can't, go. I can't, you can do it. Actually can't. Find your centre. I can't. You're hot. You're turned I'm on. I'm not. I'm full of snot. Go Hang on. on. Nicole might have started the day like this. You don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> that's better. That's good. Oh, I'm feeling it. Yeah, you've got it. You've got it. Good on your knickers. But we must get to it. We must. Like, oh, my God. I just. Uh, Hi, Gay. Gaga. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Good for her. <laughs> we have to start at the beginning, which was what a what a heart-rending moment it was just a couple of days before when they announced officially not performing. Oh. I was like, what's the point of the Oscars? Cancel the Oscars. Cancel the Oscars. She's too busy filming The Joker 2. That's right. She's in Harlequin mode. That's right. It's like, you know, she goes full beast mode. That's right. So she's a method she actress. Show up with the pigtails and the and the Which I would have supported, by the way. million percent. She did in a way. She did. Adrian, my husband, full credit to him. Mm-hmm. I sent him the article mm-hmm. saying Gaga not performing with a big are you okay? And he he was unwavering. He's like, she will be there. And then he would say occasionally, she would not do that to the gays. And I'm like, true. I think she's, no, I think she's middle. I think she, and then sure enough. Mate. And it was real ex-student who's 
had a very successful career coming back to give a speech energy. Mm. Like she just didn't care. Do you know what I mean? Like she just didn't care about being there. She was gracing us with her presence. Mm, she just mm. had that awe of I am doing you all a favour. <laughs> I could give two shits about this award ceremony. So she arrives in Versace looking incredible with bum crack on display with the sheer bodice. Amazing. A photographer trips over taking her photo. She helps him up. She has full, like, gothic, mm. shadowy eye, smoked out. Eye. Yeah. Smoked to the crappers. On fire. Mm. Bright red lip. She looked like a femme joker. She looked mm. like she was paying homage mm. to the film she's currently filming. Mm. And then, so that's great. Oh, she's come. Fantastic. Is she performing? We don't know. And then... Let's start with the first choice, which was she elected clearly and... W- Make no mistake about it. She masterminded every aspect of this. This was not undercooked. This was cooked to perfection. Exactly. This wasn't raw. This her, was well done. Her first thing was, I will not be introduced by someone else. No. I will introduce <laughs> myself. And here's the introduction. I wrote this song with my friend Blood Pop for the film Top Gun Maverick in my studio basement. It's deeply personal for me. And I think that we all need each other. We need a lot of love to walk through this life. And we all need a hero sometimes. There's heroes all around us in unassuming places. But you might find that you can be your own hero even if you feel broken inside. Stunning. We were already, it was already so gaga. But but for me, the line, I wrote this with my friend Blood Pop. I mean, that. Blood Pop. I mean, um, what? Could we not have found out Blood Pop's given name? Could we maybe, surely his name is like John or Stephen or, but no, she committed to his stage name. That's right. (laughs) And I was really confused because there's a, a DJ in Australia called DJ Blood Fart. And I was really confused for her. I'm like, geez, Blood Fart's done well. Done really well. But no, Blood Pop. But I just love how she was able to maintain the gravitas and the seriousness. That's right. And also she said. it with a straight face. Yeah, with a straight face as well. (laughs) It's from the movie Top Gun Maverick. It's deeply personal. That is the least personal movie in the history of the world. How dare you? Stephanie is an ex-fighter pilot. Like <laughs> she knows what it is to like soar the heights into the galaxy and have people doubt you and then zoom down to the lows and then rise again like a fucking plane out of a crash. Like she gets it. She wore her hair in that scrape back braid as a tribute homage to female fighter pilots. But of course the most notable thing is gone was the dramatic goth gone. thing. She was apparently makeup free. She was. No, I would say she had on a little tiny bit of like serum or something because her face was glowing. Yeah. But I want to tell you, as somebody who has to frequently remove clown makeup, you are often paying for it three or four days after. Yeah. With the residue, like especially with the smoky eye, there's black inside your eyelids. Like, And if you've had a red lip, you, you do look a little bit like you've got a pash rash. But if that was her, if that isn't another ad for her cosmetics range, I mean, sign me up. If she were to release the TikTok oh. of how I got rid of my makeup, it would be one of the most viral videos of all time. So she's sitting there, makeupless, hair scraped back, amazing. And just, I have to take a moment to Please. just appreciate the fact that, yeah, she's in a ratty T-shirt mm. and jeans with holes in them. So her whole thing is stripped back, yeah. ground zero, yeah. no effort. And yeah. it is such a gaga thing yeah. that she's done that in a context where not half an hour before we've seen her at maximum effort. So for, for her to choose no effort, yeah. to achieve no effort, yeah. she has to do it in the most effortful way that it's possible to achieve. And I respect that respect so, it. Much. Respect so much. so much. Don't think that she went backstage and washed her face with some fucking ponds no. and then just scraped it back and went and sat down. Everything, the only misstep 
and this pains me. This is this oh, really? is taking it. Yeah. The the black Converse she was wearing. Yeah. Were brand new. I just Should needed worn in. Mm, I just needed someone to take it outside. Just one of her gays to just someone like, from House of Gaga. Someone just sprinkle. They some should dirt. have been running up and down Runyon yeah. Canyon. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Exactly. Given or given them to a female fighter pilot to mm-hmm. walk around in, so Gaga mm-hmm. could walk mm-hmm. in her shoes, literally. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, and then she delivers. It's amazing. It gave me goosebumps. Mm. Technically, not perfect, but usually she is. So again. She obviously was full of emotion because the emotion was causing her to slide off notes here and there. Yeah. And because it was so stripped back, it was quite noticeable. But it didn't matter because the emotion carried it. I got goosebumps. Oh, me too. But also I'm just going to come out and say I've never particularly liked that song. I think it's a bit of an ordinary thing. Me neither. Thing. But this performance. I can't stop watching it. I can't stop watching it. It's yeah. amazing. And then so we finish Incredible, gets a standing O, and then not ten minutes later, back in the audience. Oh. But she's pitched back in makeup and hair has changed slightly, but she's now halfway between no makeup and full glam. She's pitched again correctly in the middle of the two. So she's gone, I can do 10 out of 10, I can do 0 out of 10, I can do 5 on the same night in her third outfit. Like, good for her. You know? I know. I know. It actually pains me that it feels like it's such a mic drop coming, that level of glam, stripping it back and then going back to glam that it feels like she's done it now, she's done it. And if anyone else tries to do that again, it will be. (laughs) Can you tell me what was going on in the performance? She took out one of her. Her ear. Yeah. Yeah. What's so she, that about? I think she obviously wanted to be able to hear herself better within the auditorium, but also you want to be able to hear if how the audience reacts toward the end. And uh, she was getting up to go for the big crescendo and you wouldn't hear the applause or anything if you had your ears in. Uh, so, But sometimes your ears can annoy you as well because you want to be able to hear the musicians properly rather than through your feed or your ear's gone off or it's too loud. Yeah. There's lots of reasons. Okay. But I have to take mine in and out at shows also just to get – because when you've got ears in, you don't get the atmosphere of the room mm. at all. But it was, I mean, I could i could write a thesis on it. Really. Oh, absolutely. And also part of me is like, ugh, tinge with misogyny because look at most of the men in that room had no makeup on and were wearing all black, you know, like yeah, no yeah. one's supporting them. So it feels a little bit uncomfortable that this is such a moment that, oh, my God, what? A woman at the Oscars, no makeup, not in costume? It feels a little bit uncomfortable in my yes, ethics sure, place. But but I'm choosing to look at that in the way of how she wants us to look at it as a performance piece. That's right. This wasn't less effort for her. No. This was probably as much effort oh. as a full-scale performance. Do you know what I and mean? And I've gone – we gave ourselves a little festival of Gaga's Oscar performance because Oscar's Gaga, I actually oh. – it's hard for me to pick my favourite version of Gaga, but I think Oscar's Gaga is my favourite. Yeah. Because she is innately earnest and there's something about the Oscars that are very earnest yeah. and she meets it. Yeah. And you go back – like her sound and music – tribute that she did all those years ago. <laughs> Obviously the Bradley Cooper one. But I think our I think the one that everyone's forgotten is that she sang a song that she wrote with Diane Warren, Till It Happens to You, oh. from the documentary that was about campus sexual assault and all the survivors come out. I have forgotten Oh, that. my God. It's worth going back. Oh. I mean, it's just... It's, Jeez. <laughs> the only thing, and this was pointed out to me by an Emsolation listener, the only thing that could have topped it was if Tom Cruise had have walked out in full... Top Gun kit mm. and started singing <laughs> like Bradley Cooper did. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that could have topped it mm. in the shahal. And if Tom Cruise had to come out, hold my hand, hold my hand, like that. 
I, I imagine a parachute at the back of him because he's just ejected yeah. out, and he's the just climactic handhold. Yeah, and they would have grabbed it because they are as earnest as each other. Those two, they are. you know. So they are. look, hats off, Stephanie Gemalotta. Hats off. Hats Rihanna off. also did a great performance. I thought, but mm. <laughs> it was really? good. It was good. But after that, like, okay, I think they got the order wrong. Oh. Rihanna should have gone before Gaga. Okay. Rihanna was great. It's yeah, great. great. And she's so pregnant. So pregnant. Feels like it's just gone like that since the Super Bowl. <laughs> and it's hard to sing when you're pregnant. It's hard to breathe. Is it? Mm, it is. So respect. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Miley Cyrus. Good for her. Jesus, it's a big week for good for hers. <laughs> she has dropped endless summer vacation. Yeah. And Marcella, my daughter, and I had it, uh, like, in our diaries. We got alerts on our phone. We had Can I just on. say, we went to see Marcella in a play. Mm. She did a fantastic job. And as we were leaving, you said, oh, it's landed. We got home. It hadn't landed that night. And it, it was actually, we needed to go by, of course, we were the next day. Because yeah. that was the American date. Yeah. But it was traumatic to get home and look at it. It was not there. There was only the trailer. <laughs> well, no, the album had landed, though. Okay, yes. Yeah, I'd already I... listened to the album. River's My Favourite by a mile. What a song. You're just like a river. And Miley here describes basically what it's about if you didn't get it. Sometimes we just need a dance floor banger, a.k.a. they don't want me to talk about how the fact the song is about <laughs> nasty. It's nasty. I love a pop song centred around jizz. We've had Ariana and Gaga's Rain On Me. We've had Madonna's Like A Prayer. And now we have River, you know? She knows her audience. She knows herself. She knows her, yeah. But that, if you've watched the special, so the special's out on Disney, and it's her filming some of the songs from the album in her backyard, literally, Mm. with a band, no Mm. audience, which I respect, respect, in varying degrees of hot, Undress. Yeah. The outfits are amazing. Mm. And I just feel like I, whoever, Miley's, you know, constantly changing and evolving. I have been with Miley since Hannah Montana. Marcella was obsessed with Hannah Montana. Obsessed. She's she's the artist of Cella's life. True. It, it, she's Cella's favourite by a mile. Beyonce mm. through osmosis because of me. Of course. But Beyonce was walking this earth and at the top of the charts before she was even... Yeah, Betty Licious came out, I think, the year Marcella was born. Mm. So Miley's a big one. And I just think I love I love who she is right now. She's fully realised human. She's not she's unashamedly herself. And just the whole I'm just I I hope that she tours. Oh, me too. I hope she tours and I'm ready for her to do the Super Bowl. That's the other thing. I think she'd do it really well. I love that she is such a good live performer, like insanely good. Her covers are amazing. I dig her banter. She's so at ease. And she has the kind of ease and naturalness with it that you can only get after you've been playing to audiences for 25 years, Mm. which she has, which is so insane. And she's still only 30. The fact that someone is so seasoned Mm. and the fact that it feels like she's been through God knows how many undulations already and had, you know, personal breakdowns and comebacks and all that sort of thing. And to still be here at 30 doing the best work so far, I would say. Shit time to be Liam Hemsworth. (laughs) Look, sure. Good for her. I know. She's really... She's really turned those lemons into lemonade. Every song. Every song. Yeah. Except for the one she wrote about her mum and her grandmother is a mm, diss mm, track. Mm. Good for her. Oh, that was a nice combination. I respect it. 
I'm also so obsessed with her house. I, it's also at the point I'm so familiar with it Me now too. I feel that like I, could, I know it. I could, if, if I wandered through the door, I'd feel like coming home. I could absolutely, I could draw you a floor map. Do you know why I feel so like close to her also? It's because she clearly doesn't like leaving her house. No. Everything gets shot at Miley's house. Who else do you know that doesn't like leaving her house? <laughs> Who else has built herself and essentially a bunker quite similarly out in the bush where no one can reach her? I mean, I watch it and go, I know Miley's house. I think a lot of people who follow me would feel like they know my house. Totally. Because I never leave there. If I can figure out a way to do it like um, Dave Chappelle did, he just built a whole studio at his place and he makes all these guests come to him. Mm. Eventually, that's a dream. Oh, I can see you getting there. People will just turn up. When I finally get my variety show, it will just be a set on the back of my ranch and everyone will just have to turn up. There'll be Absolutely. a makeup trailer, there'll be gays, it'll be amazing. <laughs> but I, her and Lizzo, I feel like I know Lizzo's house really well too because I feel like she's a homebody and doesn't yeah. go out much either unless she's touring. But I respect it. Everything that Miley does, I'll, be, I'll see a shot of like, you know, the pool. It's mid-century meets 70s meets LA vibes. You know, it's got that. Oh, no, I love it. Yeah. I love it and so I know much. It straight away. I'm like, and I'm obsessed with it. Like I haven't been since any house since Barbara's. Oh, but Barbara's got the tea house. She's got the tea house. If you could have the polar inverse of Miley's house, it would be Barbara's. She's also got the vintage shopping mall in the basement level where she keeps all her awards. I mean, <laughs> fully staffed. Can I just say that autobiography, if she's not voicing it. and if, Oh, she'll be, do, she will be. But you know what I want? I want her to be like, and so, you know, I was about to walk out on stage and it was time, people. Yeah. I want her, while she's narrating, to break into song. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, it has to happen. And I, uh, it can't be, because when I was narrating my book, mm. I make things about me because I'm neurodiverse and it's my way of connecting mm. to things. That's all right. I wasn't allowed to riff I had to contractually read. Oh, that must have been physically painful it for you. It was so hard. I got in so much trouble because I kept wanting to tell a new story. Oh, the side quest queen. Oh, nah, every time I had a side quest, basically they had a whip. It would be like, smack. Yeah. And So I, I hope that Barbara isn't contractually forced because the publishers, you know, they say, you've written these words, we've approved them, legal have approved them, read them exactly as they are. And so I hope that Barbara is like, I'll do what I want. I hope at the very least she performs all the other characters that come into it, all the people in her life, that she gives accents. That's what I want. She is a brilliant actress. I just love whenever Barbara talks, when she feels a need that she has to connect with the common man, oh. she'll go back to the fact that she's like, she's like Stephanie, she's like Gaga. I grew up in New York. <laughs> what you, you know, leave the butter out for? All of a the sudden they get this accent and Barbara's like, I'm just a common person. <laughs> I know what it is to grow up poor. I'm just a girl from New Jersey. <laughs> You know, and it's like Gaga does the same thing. They'll, they'll be on these lofty heights and then all of a sudden, I'm just a girl from New Jersey. Yeah, they'll go, they'll go, yeah. They'll go like Barbara, British, pseudo-British, so, so pseudo-aristocratic. And then it's, you're going to make me verklempt. <laughs> I was schwitzing. I'm like, what do you mean, gefilte fish? So I just. <laughs> I bought the pasties with the warm meat inside. <laughs> After she's just yelled at a servant for not winding her clock correctly. <laughs> I just hope that if she, if that autobot, the whole way yeah. I'm going to be waiting for the moment where she discusses m making Yentl with a British crew and how they respected her. Of course they did because in London they are used to being ruled by a queen. I mean, that is what I want. If she doesn't say that in, in the thousand page autobiography. Good for her. <laughs> All right. I'm, I, I think I'm going to pass out. I'm so unwell.
I know. You've done very well. You've really brought a lot of energy. And I'm going to pay for it now for the next two days. Aww. It's okay. I'm, I I really have been wanting to talk about all of these things. We've covered, we've had in the same podcast, the only thing we haven't covered and we need to briefly cover is that Lindsay Lowen is pregnant. Good for her. Wow. This is going to be, we're going to look back on this as the all-time good for her peak. Lindsay Lohan. I mean, in the year that Paris Hilton's become a mother. It feels right, doesn't it? Lindsay Lohan has announced. And I I don't know, I'm assuming she's growing the child herself. One can never assume. Well, I hope. Because a pregnant Lindsay Lohan, I would watch the shit out of that reality TV show. I looked up the father. I don't really know who he is. He looks nice. That's good. He's he's of an appropriate age. He's not like a Russian oligarch. I love that your positioning is, I really want to support this and get behind it as much as I can. This is the Lindsay ending. But also you're slightly clenched. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about Britney also. Although all the way clenched, this chair would disappear. I am completely concerned about Britney currently. not talking about it. Uh, But well done, Lindsay. I'll be following this. We went. Wait. Oh, no, that was in the – I thought we'd already talked about this, but we talked about it in the crowdcast we did with our patrons before the podcast. I was having a weird stroke then. Um, anyway, so, yes, Lindsay Lohan pregnant. I just – good for her. I really – when I heard it, it was like I heard my friend was pregnant. Truly. Yeah. I reacted with, oh, fucking good for her, mate. I'm yeah. so happy. We've been through a lot. I know what we haven't spoken about. Briefly, Madonna's new boyfriend. <gasps> the boxer. The boxer. Yeah. Oh, my God. One of the best ever. One of the He's best the for decades. No, I would say. Ever. Ever. Better than Carlos. He was, Carlos was pretty good. Mm-mm. What about the Jesus? Boxer. Remember Jesus? Yeah, better Jesus than Jesus. Better. Oh, mate. When I showed my – so my uh, so Madonna is dating her boxing coach, uh, but he is a boxer on his own, right? Mm. Very good one. He's six foot four. Mm. He's got – he's stunning. He's so handsome. And what is he, 30? I don't know. Doesn't matter. 30-something. I think she's twice his age. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, actually, good for him. Mm. Like, what an honour to date Madonna. Mm. This is like, <laughs> nobody thinks that, that this is some kind of, like, charity act on his behalf. Mm. Hello. Mm. I just respect her so much. Just keep going mad. That's another connection Rain, that you have. Because range. wasn't Scott at one point training you? Yeah, Scott, Scott was my trainer. Yeah, wow. But six years older than me. Your most recent trainer was Jack Stratton-Smith, so you <laughs> played it safe there. Quit with the gays. Very handsome, though. Very handsome. No, I mean, I just say to Madonna, I, I, I watch this relationship with, and she's rehearsing. We, oh, we were worried that, that perhaps the tour wouldn't go ahead because Michael and I are heading to New York in August to see the show. No. She's rehearsing. I heard one of her back, backup singers that was saying with absolute shock that she was doing five months full-time rehearsal. until that. I know. Oh, my God. I know. She's hungry. Yeah, she that's wants great. It. She's got a lot to prove. So much to prove. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you feel better. Thank you. This is Emsolation. All right, gang. Well, it was a good for her spectacular. Really, International Women's Day all over again. But all of our favourite topics were touched on. As you know, God, I can't wait for the Barbra Streisand thing to come out. Hey, don't forget to go and check out our Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. If you'd like to become a patron, please do. We need you. We love the extra bit of support. It helps us continue to make the podcast and moving forward, you know, we're going to be wanting to do more things and have you more involved in that capacity. So uh, if you'd like to become a patron, all that information is also on our Instagram. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Please recommend us to a friend and we will chat again uh, this time next week or whenever you listen. Bye. 
M Salation with M Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley, produced by M Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn, with videos by James Henderson, socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assistance from Jem Evans, plus cameos from M's dad, Vincey. Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening and we're excited. Excited to chat with you again soon.